I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, March 23rd, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... ...read in the dollar... ...is It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? I'm Troy Harmon. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I'm here with uh, Jarrett McKenzie. Yes, sir. Glad to be back. Who is, who is uh, an old, faithful, you know, long time. <laughs> Me and Jarrett like to go back and forth. He's uh, Oh, yeah. He's not the king of Paulding County, but he has aspirations to be at some point in time. I'm trying, man. There you go. Mm-hmm. One way. Maybe one day. Yeah. There you go. And the voice you just heard, that's a, a new voice to our show. Um, been around Hensler Financial for a little while, but it's Logan Daniel. Logan and Jarrett both have the uh, CFP designation. What do you call it? You're all certificates? That's is right. That the way it is? Yeah. That's the right. CFP yeah. board would be proud of you, certificates. Troy. Certificates. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've got a CFA charter behind my name as well mm-hmm. but i am a cfa charter holder so every one of those you know in the ethics portion of the exam they always make sure that you understand oh, yeah. how you represent yourself you've got to reference it properly and there you go and you uh jared out. you got a, a it's a certified wealth advisor or wealth That's right. well strategist. strategist yeah strategist how about Real that canon financial out in athens there you go so it's a good group good designation and uh it's helpful it's been there even though some may think otherwise. Some? Sure. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, Jared, I'm going to give you grief. I, I wouldn't care if you had a Ph.D. behind your name. You're still Jarrett to Oh, me. if that were the case, it'd be Dr. Jarrett. Uh, well, okay. of course it wouldn't. You'd look kind of like Dr. Evil, i got to tell you, uh, especially uh, you when know. you put your finger, your pinky finger up to the edge of your mouth like that. That's <laughs> but, right. Uh, got the same haircut. Oh, y'all do stuff. have a very similar haircut. Your head, I think, is probably about two centimeters wider in diameter. Mm, I would hope two? so. It just two Something to be proud of. You know, I don't want him out doing really it. I, well, I, I don't think very many do. Uh, anyway, uh, Logan, you have another designation. Let's talk about that real quick. C- CRPC. All right, so, so you got to educate me. What does that mean? Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor. Yeah. Wow. He's a retirement so planning specialist. College man. of Financial Planning. If you're getting ready to retire, this is our guy. That's right. Well, he's one of our guys. Yeah. We got yeah. we have we have several. But this yeah. is the guy. Though. But yeah. you are the That's only we had to get one him on the, the CRPC, show. or is that? Is yeah, that I think I'm the only thing? one um, at Hensler with it. So that's uh, it's like good I to say. differentiate yourself. That's right. Yeah. All right. Um, well, um, let's talk a little bit about the stock market. I know we talk about ourselves and things that are going on. Probably one of the biggest uh, news events we had this week was the Fed came out and talked about what they're going to do to manage our economy. Uh, They've got a a dual mandate, make sure inflation stays in check and make sure employment uh, stays um, reasonable. We've got unemployment at about 3.8%. But the Fed came out this week and they basically told us that uh, they got this. They're not looking 
to, to raise interest rates anymore anytime soon. If you look at what the options implied probabilities are from Tuesday through Thursday, if you look at the two, we saw significant changes in economic um, data, I guess. Uh, you know, some of it's based on performance of the economy over the last month or six months or whatever it might be. Sure. Um, but uh, in, in this case, the options implied probabilities of a rate increase over the next through January of 2020 went from 0.7, 0.8%, which is very low. It's nowhere close to the 50 plus uh, that we usually look for just to determine whether or not, uh, you know, economic conditions are strengthening, which is the cover under which the Fed would raise interest rates to keep inflation in check. Mm -hmm. uh, we went from there and having a possibility of a cut in January of 2020 at about 33%, to having 0% chance based on the options market uh, of an increase in rates and a 48.5% probability or thereabouts of a decrease of a cut in interest rates in January of 2020. What does that tell you, Jared? That tells you that instead of the future looking absolutely bright and, you know, we're going to show economic growth and worry about inflation increasing, which is when we see inflation increase. Sure. You know, there's when times are good, there's growth. Yeah. You know, we have uh, the Fed has to keep prices in check. So <clears throat> that's the reason that they would raise interest rates. Mm -hmm. So we go from there to a situation where uh, at least the options market worries that we might see a cut in the interest rates, which would be well, is that accommodative. It would be it would try to boost growth. Right. But, but now the Fed didn't say that. I, you know, what the Fed said was they're going to uh, start paring back on what I've been calling quantitative tightening. Um, they're not going to keep trying to adjust their balance sheet, which got to $4.4 trillion, started in, our, in uh, 2008 before our last downturn, or, you know, maybe subsequent to it at about $800 billion on the balance sheet through that crisis and into last year, really last, it was 2016, October, when they started trying to roll this stuff back, uh, we went to $4.4 trillion on the balance sheet, meaning that they had bought so many assets under quantitative easing that was aimed at trying to lower our interest rates on the, the long end of the yield curve that uh, they had, they had uh, used cash to bring those assets in, and, and it had a, an effect of, you know, when you got a buyer, demand's high, Mm -hmm. uh, prices go up, interest rates go down, and uh, and that's what they were trying to manage there. So, well, so I think you're. I mean, I, I would agree with you know. The, at least that's what the perception is of what the Fed had indicated through through you know what they did this week. But right. is that also maybe because they feel like inflation's in check and it is. You know, I, we don't. If if they continue to raise it, or at least don't say that they're they're more likely to do the opposite, that they don't want to send us into a. a a downturn. I mean, last year it seemed like as they were raising them, it was just really hurting things, and a lot of people were arguing that, you know, that had a lot to do with there at the end of the year, kind of the big sell-off, and and clearly that was an unjustified sell-off if you look at what's happened year to date. We rebounded hard. Yeah. So we haven't uh, quite got back to flush with January or uh, September twentieth. Right, which uh, was the high point. It, right. it was the yeah the the all-time high. Mm -hmm. uh, in the financial markets, in the S&P 500, you know, as measured by the S&P 500. 
Um, but if you look at what's happened over the last five days, including the period that we looked um, that, that would have included that, we've got a gain in the S&P 500 of 1.69%. And the way you ought to understand that is, so this is saying that the Fed's going to be more accommodative. You would expect interest rates to be lower. Uh, it's, it's those interest rates that drive the cost of capital uh, to some degree for corporations uh, because corporations borrow money in the bond market and from banks and various other sources. But when interest rates decline, you have a bigger number. Your, your valuation of your company goes up. So it's not surprising to me to see interest rates decline and the uh, the, the benefit valuation in the stock market mm-hmm. to increase. So 1.69 overall. Uh, if you look a little more granular, information technology uh, is up 4.19 in the last four days, almost 4% on consumer discretionary stocks, and uh, energy is up 2.64. Now, on the far end of that, the bottom end of that, if you will, financials have declined almost 1.5%. And utilities are up, but only a quarter of a percent, so 0.25%. So those uh, companies that are, uh, or industries that are more uh, interest rate sensitive, you've seen struggle a little bit this week, while technology is still the king. Oh, yeah, and has been for a while. It's even year-to-date looks like it's... uh, Well... I mean, of course, there's not any bad numbers on the year-to-date list here. I mean, the lowest performing sector... Which is healthcare is up seven and a quarter percent, and that's yeah. the that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. and we usually talk about ten point six percent. Utilities are up ten point six on the year. Uh, big winner, like you said, information technology up twenty one and three quarter percent. That's big. You uh, you back it off a little bit, uh, step back and look at the twelve month number. So year to date, we're almost three months in, right? Almost a quarter. Um, real estate's the big winner at 21.6. Utilities up 21.5%. The overall market in the last 12 months is up 7.4%. I mean, that's pretty significant. But oh, again, sure. you know, interest rates make a big difference. Now, let's mm-hmm. talk a little more about interest rates. Uh, we have an inversion that seems to be growing, and the more the Fed's talked about what they would do uh, just in, in a two-day span this week, we saw the three the five, the seven-year, all decline in yield by 10 basis points. You get to the 10-year, it was about 10 bips as well, so that's 0.1%. Sounds like a minor move, but if you look now, we have... As the, close as they are. <laughs> we have the three-month, the one-month, I mean the one-month, three-month, six-month, and uh, the one-year all yielding more than the seven-year treasury. That is an inversion. It's not the 10 minus 2 that we look for where the 10-year yield would be uh, lower than the two-year yield. But you know what? Like I said, we're on the way. And with interest rates as low as they are, let's face it, last time we were in this spot, it was about 2006, and uh, interest rates were about 4.5%, you know, thereabouts. It was a very flat yield curve in 06. And and uh, we had um, we had a situation where um, the the ten year did invert, but only by 0.16 percent. So it was very low. Yeah, doesn't take much. And as yeah. low as our interest rates are today, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have that ten two and still might have a recession. All right, you're listening to Money Talks. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
time for the Dog of the Week. Dog of the Week this week. Uh, you guys know just how much I like to poke fun at technology. And uh, in this case, it's kind of a story about move over Bitcoin. Here comes something new that the criminals absolutely are loving. Um, they have figured out a way. I mean, you got to give folks a little bit of credit. Uh, while they don't have a, a respectable job, these folks have a job. But uh, criminals have figured out, instead of using Bitcoin for their faceless, nameless transactions, that they can go in and play Fortnite, of all things, buy the, the V-Bucks that are part of Fortnite. And, Jarrett, I'm telling you, I, I uh, don't really speak much of the language, but, you know, they can, uh, they can trade these 1,000 V-Bucks costing around 10 bucks. Uh, they've found a ready market. They can sell them on eBay. These things are transferable. Real. <laughs> From the Fortnite player to Fortnite player. This is quasi-currency, then. Uh, it's exactly a currency. I mean, <laughs> if you can sell it for a cost. Sure. And what they do is, you know, they, they wind up getting those 1,000 V-Bucks for $10. They go on, they sell them at a discount. This is, this is pretty um, easy pickings for a, for a group that might actually want to be laundering money. So the, the game, Fortnite, that... Uh, that battle royale, you can get on your phone, and many of the kids, especially young men, love to play, is actually being used by the criminal set as a uh, as a way to launder money. Wow. I mean, we get Doesn't training about me. it all the time, about mm-hmm. you know ways that uh, if, if we saw certain transactions within financial accounts that we should perk our ears up a little bit and, and uh, try to make sure that people aren't using a financial... Um, company like ours, Hensler Financial. Sure, to aid in that. Use a video right. game now. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean... Easy honestly, enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, just, it's bizarre. I mean, who would have thought? I can get a 1,000 V-Bucks for $10, is that what you said? That's uh, what the article says, and this article comes from The Independent. It's a UK-based... Um, I have to stop some internet. kids in a middle school car line tomorrow when I drop my son off, see if I... See if he can sell some. some. Yeah, or some buy. V-Bucks out of them. There you go. I mean, I... Hmm. Jarrett, I know we just talked about you looking like Dr. Evil, but you haven't gone to the other side, have you? Well, look, you know, Not I'm yet. trying to have a diversified portfolio here. I don't want it Diversi- all in one place. <laughs> You're right. You know? I mean, Not well, well, what happens when when uh, uh, Fortnite it becomes, you know, the the next has-been washed up? You know the, the, the flavors of young people when it comes to their laundry, at least, is, uh, is oh. waning. It, it, it moves pretty quick. I mean, a year or two, and then it's on to a new one. Well, I right. mean, honestly, you yeah. think about it, and I, and I hadn't made fun of y'all being millennials yet. I know, Jarrett, your grandpa millennial. I'm, I'm grandpa I'm millennial. Talking. That's You're right. like the very Just a squeeze edge in there. <laughs> of, of uh, millennials. And, and I look at at uh, young Logan, who's got a beard. He mm-hmm. doesn't wear any wax in his mustache, but, you know, he's probably on the verge of that. I haven't noticed him today, but I'm sure he's got a couple of turns on his pant legs, <laughs> uh, got, got the cuff going. Oh, yeah. no, no turns here. No turns. No turns. All right. But, I, you know, he, he'd love to have a Jeep, and he don't have one of those. <laughs> and if he had one, he'd probably mount a railroad jack on top no. of it and, and a gas can to the back. I mean, you have to. these are all things millennials do. And the reason that I come in with the show, What Up Fam, is because I'm trying to be more of a hipster. I'm a wannabe. Yeah, these days, you, you become the minority on the show. In fact, it's mostly millennials. 
No, well, absolutely. half and half. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm I'm without a doubt an Xer. I am not a millennial, mm. and you know I could probably wind up with a with a man bun if I went out and bought it. But <laughs> I mean, I'd look as strange as you, Jared, with well, a bald head and a man bun. Yeah. Well, yeah, you that would look pretty strange. I, yeah. Do you think well. folks would believe it? <laughs> you never know. You should give it a shot. Well, millennials, though, you know that used that used to be the young generation, right? I mean, I think it, it's actually becoming well. It's it's a big generation. There's it is, yeah. And but now that's on the way out. What is the newest generation? Is it? Uh, oh, I couldn't. Gosh, I can't remember. I'm having too much fun making day. fun of millennials <laughs> to worry yeah. about what's yeah, next. You stick uh, with and, what you know. And those are little bitty kids at this point. I mean, I'd really be a bully if I was picking on them. And that's true. You got to give <laughs> them a few more years. You're right. Bullying is not a cool thing when you're a millennial. I, I can't call you a snowflake uh, or any of that, even yeah. though you might be riding a, riding a bird down the middle of the road. Oh, well, yeah. I told you earlier, you hadn't lived unless you've ridden on a bird. Well, see there, you Grandpa Millennial has ridden a bird. Logan. I still need to ride one then. Oh, my <laughs> word. Logan, we're going to make you shave that beard off if Look, you keep this up. He, But he knows to stay out of the city. Yeah. Okay? yeah All was... right. Well, we've got... Uh, other things to talk about, so we just as well get going. Uh, got a situation here this week we wanted to talk about. David and Jody are about five years out from retirement. Uh, there's no doubt uh, that their late cycle economy, you know, I've talked about that sure. even today, uh, and almost uh, convinced that they'll get a 20% drop in the next year or two. Um, that's That might be a little conservative. Uh, their main concern is the uh, impending market downturn, so people are getting a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and they saw friends and family lose close to 50% of their retirement. I mean, S&P 500 was down 52% in the last downturn, but I really believe you know that was that was something special that doesn't come along very often. It's, it's bigger than most. Um, so how do they go about positioning themselves? Uh, the best, whether what uh, the markets might bring in the next five to ten years. I can almost bet you you're going to talk something about a ten-year rule. How'd you know? I'm I'm a smart guy. Well, really. well, it's almost what always. we build the plans off yeah, of. Exactly. Right. And uh, Logan and I deal with this all the time, and has been even more so lately. I think you know David and Jody's situation here is quite common, given that you know a lot of people are concerned with where the markets and economy stands, and you know what happens next. If if I think we all here would agree that. Uh, you know that downturn is is certainly closer uh, or sooner rather than later at this point, and so you know the question is just when is that going to come, and and what changes should I make, if any, uh, to prepare for it, and and that can be different between different people. Uh, nonetheless, something Logan and I are, are seeing each day. I mean, we we were talking earlier about some folks that uh, are very similar here to David and Jody, and and are just trying to figure out. How do we? Because there's there's really two aspects, right? There's there's your aspect on the investment side, and, sure. and how do do I need to reallocate investments and rebalance my accounts? But also, what does that do to my retirement plan? And that's really where the ten year rule comes in, uh, and and preparing because we don't what we don't want to have happen is you plan to retire in 2008. So let's just say David and Jody here, it's 2003. They're saying five years, which is 2008. They don't know what 2008 holds. Uh, but that's their plan. And so they get to 2008 and they're ready to retire. But then all of a sudden, not only are their investments worth half of what they were, you know, the year prior, uh, but also they now are going to have to sell investments potentially in order to uh, get the money they need to live. And that's a very dangerous place. And so with regard to the 10 year rule, I mean, that's where that does come in. And, and maybe Logan can speak a little bit about uh, that. But that's that's how we would help to solve a situation like David and Jody's to make sure that they're not put in a, in a case like that. 
Yeah, so if you don't mind, I mean, we've thrown the, the, the name around a lot, 10-year rule. What exactly does that mean in your terms? Yeah, so to make it simple, I mean, basically the 10-year rule is any money you need within the next 10 years, we like to put in fixed income investments. And then in an ideal invest, investment or ideal interest rate environment, we'll ladder out CDs. They'll come due each year. That money's needed. So you can... In, in the amount that's needed. Yeah, in the amount right. you need for that year. and. You can withstand a downturn in the market, and yeah, it doesn't you don't have to force sell. you to sell. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, in so that you case, can avoid the volatility or avoid a, a long-term loss off of you know, not having to sell in a bad situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, to his point, if I've got laddered fixed income securities that are positioned properly and 08 does come along and, and I need liquidity from my portfolio, well, if I've got a security that's maturing that year to give me the liquidity, then while I, I don't want to see – the the stock market do what it did in 2008. Yeah, I don't too would. much care for purposes yeah. of of spending, right? right. Because that's covered. And, and this is an individualized, personalized kind of portfolio concept, right? Because it Definitely. takes into account any other income you might need or have. Uh, you know, so if you got an individual who's retiring, but they're going to have a, a pretty handsome retirement, or if they had some, I, I hate to say the word, but annuity, some whether it be. Uh, an annuity from an insurance company or some other type of uh, income uh, annuitized, meaning that you get a specific amount of money for a specific amount of time, mm-hmm. then you can actually you can actually um, plan around those expected income. Yeah. Social Security is another one of those, right? Yeah. It's Pensions. I mean, I mean, they're not as common now, but I mean, right. you, we take into account all the income sources and then build the portfolio around that. Right, and not everyone has a pension, like mm-hmm. you said. You know, right. not that, as common. That's a great point, actually, because people with pensions or other outside income sources, maybe for them, when talking about a 10-year rule, if they're going to have that when they retire and combine with Social Security and maybe some rental income, we've got clients that, that between those sources – don't mm-hmm. need a dime from their portfolio in retirement that early on. So what are you saying? Well, what to them, you? I mean, their 10-year rule tells us that while, you know what, being 100% invested in growth or equity investments might be a little bit risky, uh, it's certainly okay since you don't need liquidity from the portfolio, presumably, unless something unforeseen were to happen. And so, you know, you can it helps you sleep a little bit better to know I'm not going to have to sell those investments potentially at half their value uh, in order to get what I need to live. And so, you know, there there is that aspect of it. But, of course, then there's the other aspect with, okay, I'm good for the 10-year rule, but now – what do I do with my investments? Because I am 100% in growth and I yeah. don't need it. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? And maybe and when we come back, you can is, talk yeah. a little bit about that, Troy, because I'm getting a lot of questions on that front as well. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, let's take a real quick break. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be back in a few minutes and answer your financial questions. When you're pregnant, you start reading about the cost of having a baby. When you start reading about the cost of having a baby, you learn about the cost of sending that baby to college and immediately start saving all your money in a 529 plan. When you save all your money in a 529 plan, you save no money in your 401k, thinking your son will get a business degree from Harvard and take care of you in retirement. When you think your son will take care of you in retirement, he changes majors and gets a degree in jazz studies. When he gets a degree in jazz studies, he moves back home with you and you have to support him. When you have to support him, you don't get to retire. Don't be forced to work through retirement to support your jazz-loving adult son. 
Stop investing without a plan and upgrade to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. There will be no jazz studies in the McKenzie household. I can tell you that much. That's, that's good to know. I love my kids, but, you know. That's a bold statement there, Jerry. If they want, if they want help with college, i got to draw a line somewhere. I'm not yeah. putting down jazz studies. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean. Need, need yeah. something a little more income potential or else they're right. They, they, they will end up at my house forever. And it's that's, a crowded house. That's not your plan? <laughs> at some point, I do want to stop having, you know, 12 loads of laundry a week. Yeah. Um, 12 loads of laundry. If I'm lucky. There's, uh, there's a whole lot of kids at your house. Yeah, just a few. Yeah, it's never a dull moment though. I'm sure. So, you know, I'm sure. You know what? Of, I love kids. They're a whole lot of fun. But I agree with you. Until they become teenagers, right? Yeah, I mean, naturally. Well, even the teenagers. Are <laughs> All right, you're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jared McKenzie and Logan Daniel. And uh, if you have financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us on our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. Uh, you will get our voicemail. You'll leave your own message, uh, including your question. We play the question on the show and follow right behind it with an answer. Uh, if you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call 770-429-9166. Ask to be connected to the radio show producer, Kelly Lynn. She will make sure that she gets your question on the air, and we can answer that as well. Or you can email us at drgene@hensler.com, D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Or you can check out our website, which, again, is hensler.com. We usually have lots of information downloaded on that so that uh, you can access it to answer your broader questions if they're not so specific to your own situation. So that's how you can contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, when we last left, Jarrett, you had laid it on me to try to explain just how an individual who didn't need fixed income might weather a storm of a potential downturn. Sure. Well, yeah, because we're getting a lot of questions from younger clients that, you know, the 10-year rule doesn't really yet apply much to them because they're going to be working for another 10 years at least, and therefore they've got income and, and aren't going to be worried about withdrawing any money from their retirement portfolios. And so, you know, that that piece is kind of, you know, in place and okay uh, in good order. But, you know, the investments piece is always still the question of, okay, like like you said earlier when kind of laying this case out, if if they expect a 20% drop in the next year or two, and you're saying that that's probably uh, a low number to some degree, then what what changes should I make to my retirement portfolio? Because I, I while my 10-year rule is in good order, I, I certainly don't want to remain this exposed to stocks if you're telling me they're about to drop that significantly. So w- what do we do here? And, you know, that's really yeah. where I bring in. Well, I, there's a couple of things to, to add here. Um Number one, it's really difficult to time the market, especially if you don't sit and watch it all day. If you have a financial planner or or a financial advisor that is helping you with that, uh, you're probably going to be ahead of the game uh, where you've got some money that you've paid to sit and look at the ticks on the the board, (laughs) uh, look at the economy, which is really a a better indicator of what might come next. Um, So if you don't have that, just know that uh, you're playing a game that's pretty tough to win Um, and you know we've got lots of uh, data on timing and how well it works which is not very well there have been a lot of folks that have tried to stake their claim in in markets by by timing uh, or or, uh, I guess discovering ways to time the market Um, you know they they work to some degree until they don't 
And uh, usually when they don't is at the absolute worst time. So now is not the time to go to cash? No, I'm, I, would, I would never advise somebody to go to cash. Uh, at the very least, you lose the... the uh, uh, you lose against inflation when you go to cash. So, you know, if you're not at least marking time with inflation, you're, you're losing, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, but there are ways that you could still stay exposed to equity markets and, and have less volatility. And usually what we look for there is uh, maybe overweights in, in utilities, uh, utility sector companies. Uh, folks usually don't just quit paying the light bill to the point where it hurts the utility company's earnings mm-hmm. uh, in a downturn. Many of those companies aren't huge because of the regulation. You know, they tend to be mid-cap type, type stocks. So uh, usually what you'll see is large-cap companies do better than small-cap companies over most sectors, but you don't find too many of them in utilities. So it's it's as much a sector allocation piece as anything. So uh, overweight utilities, maybe overweight um, Consumer staples, which are going to be the, the paper products and and uh, dish soap and things like that, and, you know, sure. you're going to have. They yeah, use regardless. Yeah, exactly. Of economic environment. Exactly. Yeah, right. you're not going to quit using your your uh, personal hygiene stuff. Sure. Because you know the market's struggling or the economy's struggling. So uh, go to those. Healthcare tends to be another one that's uh, you could overweight. Uh, things to underweight would be industrials, consumer discretionaries, financials. When you've got such a weird situation um, in, the, in the treasury yield curves I talked about earlier, uh, it's, it gets more difficult for a bank to make money. I talk about it quite often with the uh, uh, net interest margin being, you know, banks borrow short term uh, to lend long term. But when those short term rates are higher than the long term rate they might be able to get in the market, it makes it very difficult for them to be profitable. So, you know, those are the kind of companies that I would avoid. Um, overweight those that are going to do well no matter what. Underweight the others. Mm-hmm. Um, some people would advise you to add gold. Gold's a currency. It's hard. To, I mean, if you haven't traded a currency, it's really hard to, to make money. But, um, you know, or, or know when to, again, time right. that, that transition. Um, and if you just were, are really nervous, you might actually stop and think about, well, just uh, is my portfolio set for my risk tolerances to begin with? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're an aggressive investor, you're not going to care as much that you lost 20% over a short stand, period of time. You're going to always assume that you're going to make it back. And, right. you know, long-term history, we've only seen two 10-year rolling periods since 1925 when equities uh, ended up after 10 years lower than they were when they started. Um, one of those was the the recession we saw in 2008. So, you know, when you start at a at a point where valuations are expensive in the market, uh, and you you wind up in a, a spot where they're falling, <clears throat> excuse me, falling very hard, that's the kind of time you see that. So, yeah. you know, <clears throat> allocating to different asset classes is is a good way. But even if you just want to stay in equities and and move a little bit more toward the or the uh, slow growth dividend yeah. paying. You're just trying to be so more defensive. Your higher quality dividend. High quality. Yeah. High quality dividend stocks. That yeah. Yeah. Keep, yeah. keep the volatility low. Preserve because really in the downturn is about preserving, right? You're not looking for exactly which yeah. of these are going to make me the most money. It's you're probably still going to lose protect. some money, right? In equities in a downturn, even if you go that more conservative approach. But it's it's actually a relative game at that point, trying mm-hmm. to lose less than the overall market. But again, you have to be right twice. 
Yeah. You know, you got to be right on <laughs> when, when, when to get when out to and when to get back in. So, yep. you know, don't I, I've, we've seen too many folks that have gone to cash back in 2007 or 8. Usually it happens in 2009, way after the, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, when it's way too late. And then they'll stay out of the market for two or three years. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. best growth is going to be off the bottom. Yeah. You need those rebounds. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we, we still recommend that you stay invested and let your professional investor help you through that. The, the advisor should be able to adjust your portfolio for you to get you a, a better than market return, and that's what they look for. Yeah, so in, in David and Jody's case here, we, they should probably re, rebalance their portfolio to become a little, maybe a lot more defensive than what they are, but also start planning for those first few retirement years mm-hmm. and, and covering for liquidity, yeah. uh, which is speaking to the 10-year rule, just so that they don't end up in a, a 2008 scenario where, gosh, we still want to retire, but we don't want to sell our investments at half their value and don't have the money to live off of. Right. Uh, so I would say, David and Jody, if you're nervous right now and you're not in a portfolio that's um, a little more conservative than the overall market, then you might want to consider that you're in the wrong portfolio to begin with. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. We got a, a question this week from Herb and Robin from Mableton. Uh, says, I'm 72 and retired and received Social Security. My wife is 68 and still working, but she... Uh, made significantly less than I did over the years. Can she still claim my earnings? Now, I know we don't have a whole lot of time for this, but when we come back, we can flesh it out. You guys want to start into this? We'll, uh, yeah, I mean, well, kind of go different ways here, but, I mean, she's working, so she has the earnings record. So she's going to be able to claim some of her benefit. And then if she wanted to kind of make up the difference with his, Basically, to get that spousal benefit, she could do that as well. Yeah, because she is entitled to half of his yes. benefit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so if her benefit is less than half of his, she can take her earnings record and then his as well Okay. to get up to half. All right. Well, that's a good short definition and, and explanation. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we'll finish up with some more of your questions. Thanks for sticking around. Listening to Money Talks, I'm Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Logan Daniel for his, uh, I guess your your maiden voyage, maiden voyage. On, the, on the radio so, show. Yeah. You've done great uh, so far. You said more than three words, and that's a lot better than a lot of folks on their yeah, first job. That's true. Um, we uh, when we last spoke, we were talking about um, Herb and Robin from Mableton and uh, whether or not uh, Robin, who still works, she's 68. Um, and that's about four years younger than her husband, um, who is retired. We're wondering if Robin should start taking her Social Security and whether or not she could. Sure. The answer is yes, she can take it, but there are a few other considerations that we didn't cover. Jarrett, what were... 
Well, like yeah. like Logan said, I mean, you know, she is of full retirement age and could certainly take a benefit if she so uh, chose to. But uh, I think if she's still working, and as is the case with most people, you know, the, the taxability of your Social Security's benefit is going to be higher if you're still earning an income because basically uh, the government's saying if we're going to start paying you this benefit but you're earning an income, then it's going to be taxed more based on the amount of income that you're earning. And so, you know, a lot of times it, it you will be able to keep – more of your benefit or at least make it less taxable by waiting until retirement to take it. Now, that's not to say that's absolutely what she would do because, in fact, you know, you don't know how long you'll live. Maybe she doesn't make it until she retires. And then, right. you know, you gave up money that was owed to you anyways for paying into the uh, Social Security fund. But I think at the, the end of the day, we just wanted to make a point that, you know, Taking it early while you're still working anyways, because she's not taking it early. She is a full retirement age, but by taking it while she's still working, she may uh, forego more of that total benefit uh, to taxes. And so if if she needs it, by all means, go ahead and, and start taking it. But if you can hold off, that's probably going to be the more optimal uh, scenario. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I was remiss in my duties when uh, we came back. I should at least let folks know how they can contact us. If you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can call our question hotline, one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. You leave a message including your question. We play that question on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, or you can call us and speak to a human being, seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. That is also the way that you could reach Jarrett or. Uh, Logan, uh, if you had questions about your financial situation, and by the way, you know, we talked a lot about the 10-year rule. There's one thing you have to have before you can buy enough bonds to cover your spending needs in the future. You've got to have a financial plan that lays out what your cash flows will be, what they are now, what they're likely to be in the future. So uh, you can always give us a call and, and uh, have that question answered. It's a, uh easy question to ask. It takes a little more time and effort to answer it. It does. Uh, but again, 770-429-9166. Or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at hensler, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. And uh, our website is hensler.com as well. So, you know, you can go on there. Might even find a, a picture of Jarrett's uh, beautiful round head. In a uh, beautiful new format, I might add. Yeah, well, we're, Getting, we're going there. That's right. Getting a yeah. new one yeah. launching see, soon, right? See Logan's beard and how much of a millennial he is or is yep. not. I mean, you can make up your own decision, and you can also see me. But who wants to do that? This is true. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm one of the only kids in my neighborhood when I was young that whose family sent me off to the store and moved away while I was gone. But, you know, I found him. Don't you worry. And that's why we got not. Troy on the radio. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect face for radio. <laughs> no doubt. All right, well, we got a, another question here want to get to. Uh, Angelo from Cartersville says, Hi, I wanted to get your take on Mercury Systems Incorporated. I've been watching it for about six months. Uh, recently, it had a huge gain. Can we expect big things from the company uh, in the future? Uh, this is a, a company, the, the big gain recently was uh, uh, profit beat uh, in their fiscal second quarter. Uh, 2019, which is kind of a weird fiscal quarter. You must have started last year. But uh, anyway, um, after that move, the company looks pretty expensive. you got a uh, P-E ratio that's over 80. It's 87. Uh, you got a price-to-earnings uh, P-E growth uh, ratio, a PEG ratio. So it's the forward P-E divided by the growth expectations in the market, um, which is 5.11. 
Uh, we usually like to buy companies when they have a peg around one, so it's the Ford PE. This is uh, uh, future or the current price divided by future expected earnings over the next 12 months. Mm -hmm. That quantity divided by the growth expectation in the market. So you know, usually if that ratio is around one, we uh, we like it a whole lot better than when it's five. Uh, Five-year earnings growth has been absolutely awesome at 31.17, but if if you look at what the analysts who follow this stock say, it's going to grow at about 7% going forward. I think it's too expensive. The expectations that the market has built into this thing um, are just too much. And by the way, one of its biggest uh, um, clients is Boeing Aircraft. So I'm not so sure that it's the best thing now. But, you know, it's not the only one. There's, uh, there's other defense companies that... Uh, that it serves as well. So um, I, I really just think that uh, it's a little pricey. That it's pricey, mm -hmm. and it's in one of those. It's an industrial company, so you know it's in one of those sectors that I'm telling you, mm -hmm. I would probably lighten up on right now. Sure. So you know, short and sweet answer. Yeah, I, I think I'd look somewhere else. Yeah, give it a little while to go on sale because I don't. I don't imagine you have to wait too long here from the looks of things potentially. Yeah. So yeah. All right, uh, another question here. Mike from Roswell says, I heard someone mention in passing about a homestead, a new homestead exemption for seniors. Uh, do you have any information on that? That would be a financial planner question. You guys got something for Yeah, so this was an act that was passed back in November of 18. It basically it raises the base exemption from 30000 to $50,000 for all property owners in Fulton County age 65 and older. Um, one of the biggest differences here is, unlike other property exemptions, this one does not have an income limit. So if you're on your property in Fulton and age 65 or older, you automatically qualify. It's a big so, deal. Big deal, but it ends April 1st to file your application, so you need to get on that pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I imagine most people working on their their taxes yeah, right about now, so it's it's a good time to bring it up. I mean, that's uh, that's yeah, a big benefit. Definitely. You know, a lot of folks are asking about it, and while this one is for Fulton County specifically, there are many other uh, counties and uh, cities within the state that offer that. Now, whether or not yours does, your county that is, is something you should probably uh, take a look at your county's tax assessor's website to determine because it is not statewide. Uh, and so it's something. Yeah, there are many counties that don't provide sure. that, don't offer a. a uh, it's kind of strange. Exemption. I don't know. I don't, I've never looked at why that might be. It seems like something the state could just apply across the board, considering that it's you know it's affecting the tax uh, there. But anyways, it is something worth looking at, particularly you know if, if you're in that age range and live in one of these counties. Uh, I, I don't imagine that it's something that would go missed, given uh, if you have a, an accountant. Uh, they should definitely be picking up on that if you apply mm -hmm. for it, but nonetheless, uh, something to to go and check out if you live in a county that that does offer that. And if you're already, if you've already applied for some type of senior property exemption in the past and age 65, you automatically get rolled into it, so you don't have to reapply. Really? According to the article I read, so if you already have been approved, you get the new step up from 30 to 50. So the deadline then wouldn't really come into play in that scenario. Right, or? since you've already been. Nice. Source on that article was the county, too. Right? It, it was the county, so we'll, we'll yeah, hold so them. There we go. Fulton County's telling us this. We, yeah. uh, we, we should actually be able to believe it, right? It says it will be <laughs> automatically applied to properties that already have a senior property exemption. 
There you go. So, yeah, good straight deal. from the source. There we go. All right. Uh, we've got another question here, and we'll try to cover this as quick as possible. Uh, Grant Harris writes, I've been uh, recommended both Silgan Holdings and Gref. I've uh, been trying to compare numbers, and it seems like Gref might be better, but there's a note about it being uh, more thinly traded. I'm in over my head. Can you help me? Um, yeah, so thinly traded means that uh, you don't have much liquidity. If you are a real big investor that might sap up a 10% of the day's liquidity, it might be an issue that would make it difficult for you to get out of. But I will tell you, and I'm, I'm glad that you're, you know, kind of a do-it-yourselfer in as much as you're, you're trying to, to figure it out. When I look at stocks, there's three main pieces that I look at first, growth, profit, and valuation. Valuation can come in various ways. Uh, but, you know, the, it's basically historic versus current and historic or current versus the peers current. So uh, looking at those numbers, uh, you can get a, a pretty good idea as to which stock is better. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up. We hope you come back next week. I'm telling you, the market's going to be up. Got to be. Going up. Thanks for listening. Bonnie Talk. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.